0: This is the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 228, John Cook on brain chemistry for messaging. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. And how do these words make you feel? Hey, it's Jason Lynette here, and coming to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast this week is someone who I am betting most of you have not yet heard of, because he's actually not quite in our hypnosis world, but as soon as you hear the topic and the conversation that we had together, you're going to want even more of it. So John Cook comes to us from the Denver, Colorado area, and he's the founder of a company called Keynote Content. And that's a messaging and copywriting agency for thought leaders. He works with speakers, coaches, and consultants, helping them to craft their message by building what he refers to as remarkable content and irresistible copywriting. And uh, quite openly from having worked with John, yes, the man delivers on that. Now, here is the reason, though, that I invited him to be on the podcast John spent thousands of hours and tens of thousands of dollars putting in the research to actually target and highlight what words target specific brain chemistry in your potential audience's minds and bodies. How frickin' awesome is that? And when we worked together a couple of months ago, we were getting into the topics around changing one word from this to that, from yours to this, and where to get specific, where to keep it general, and really how to stack that messaging. And I was blown away, and that was where in the middle of working on a project, I looked up at him and went you're going to be on my podcast and we're going to talk about this because there's actually an amazing resource that John has put together. It's a hundred words and phrases and the specific brain chemistry that they target. And yes, this is actually a free resource he has put together as a bit of a preview. Yes, for the work that he does, but I highly endorse the work John does. He is phenomenal. So his website is keynote content.com. And I'm going to make it easy for you to get this resource because it is a little bit longer of a website URL that he mentions as this conversation. So simply head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash keynote content. If you head there, that will automatically redirect over to the show notes for this specific episode, number 228 with John Cook. And from there, you'll see a big old button that'll redirect you over to get the actual offer to find those hundred words and phrases, which I love, love, love resources such as this. and quite openly, I think John's is the best because it's where, as I'm writing for a video, as I'm writing for a website, as I'm crafting a presentation that I'm giving from the stage to have resources like this on hand, to be able to look at and go, okay, what else do I need to appeal to? I need to talk about community. I need to talk about getting that small win. I need to really appeal to the emotions that are motivating why this person is reaching out to me in the first place. So as you grab this resource from, John, again, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash keynote content, click the big button to get the 100 words and phrases resource, you're going to find that you're going to want some more work from John because he is a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. So check that out. Browse over at his website too, and really listen through this conversation because he he lays out a beautiful foundation of what the specific brain chemistries of the mind and body are and what they do and how they often are excited. But on top of that, we then jump into the specifics around some of these words and phrases and some pretty cool examples of where just changing one or two words changes the entire message. And again, it's all about that message, not just about business. Because again, if we're speaking from the platform, if we're on the phone with a potential student, client, or whatever it may be, your message is that empowered statement that motivates people to want even more and help them to resolve that issue. That's every reason why they're reaching out to you in the first place promotion, sales, business, it's all noble when we're solving someone's problem. So check out all the details over at the show notes. And while you're there too, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com because it's not just what you say and how you say it. It's also how you make sure that message gets out there. And hypnotic business systems is the entire all access pass the Netflix for your hypnosis business training library that I've put together over the years of building three separate six figure hypnosis businesses. businesses. It's not just a what worked in the past. It's also a what's working right now in terms of Virginia hypnosis, in terms of work smart hypnosis, in terms of taking the message of what we can do with our clients and our communities and helping us to really scale up because yes, indeed, the more we're all successful, the more we're all successful. And if you've got a few action plans and some done for you marketing campaigns to streamline that success, hey, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Use the systems I've built for you, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's jump directly in. Remember to head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash keynote content to get the free resource referenced in this episode. Here we go with episode number 228, John Cook, on brain chemistry for messaging.
1: Initially, it started as just a kind of a blogger on the side, just kind of as a whim, as a hobby, I wanted to try it out. But by my personality, I said, if I'm wanting to do this, I want to do this well. And so I'm going to branch out and essentially, you know, the education by Google. I was Googling, hey, how do you grow your blog? How do you attract more people to your blog, to your website? What are people looking for when they come to your content that, they, that you want them to connect with more of your content? So it started essentially like a six, seven year, just kind of on the side Late nights, early mornings, middle of the day when i should be working type of thing (laughs) and continuing to understand how the human brain is wired to receive a message of influence and want to connect with that message for the ongoing growth and the essentially the fulfillment of that message from time to time. In In that case, it was blog articles, but that opened up a whole new level of different messaging opportunities and ideas that I just played out from there. Yeah, and
0: I love the aspect of tapping into that brain chemistry as to what's making that click. And I know that there's some specific research that you've done that we're going to get to a little bit later. And I'm chatting here with John Cook. And many of you, of course, are in the hypnosis industry and perhaps don't yet know of John. He's the founder of Keynote Content, which is a messaging and copywriting agency for thought leaders. Got to meet John a little while ago at a business event and getting to talking about copywriting, but seeing that it's not just coming from the, hey, this sounds good but really looking at it from more of a scientific standpoint so if you had to intro yourself for folks who are new to what you do how would you best describe your work John
1: great question so I I essentially say I help with speakers coaches consultants helping them craft and share their messages and I happen to do that through copywriting through content creation through messaging development a whole variety of different ways in which we try to get your message out to a larger crowd and I've worked with a variety of large name brands before focusing on speakers, coaches, and consultants. And that includes like Ford and Chevrolet, Chick-fil-A, Savile Row, Gatorade, Sports Science Institute, UCLA, a whole variety of different institutes, but focusing in on people that have a message that they want to share with a large crowd and figure out how do I do this the most ethical way possible, knowing what I know about the human brain. Yeah, and to give it some background, I met
0: John at an event where we got to actually sit down for a while and work on something and to find someone else who was getting that, let's call it out, that nerdy about the difference between this word versus that word, whether it's your versus the (laughs) And getting into should we go for that initial impulse that quickly? Should we go for that influence that quickly? How did you move from, let's say, just
1: the curiosity of it to the passion of the specificity of words? Great question. So when I was connecting with someone about three, four years ago at an event, it was a speaker. And I was talking to him And said, So t- walk me through, how do you put together your feature talk? Because he had a powerful talk. And I said, I'd love to hear kind of your your process for how you create and crafted this talk. And he said, well, I was coming across. And he said, I, largely, I have these reactions, these experiences I have from my audience that I don't know what to do with them. He said, I, I thought when I put together, I had like about 15, 20 stories that I would share kind of consistently through this different, I would trade in different stories. And he said, and depending on the crowd, I would trade in this sto- you know, this one story instead of the other story. And I would thought well, that would, that was going to get a kind of a, a cheering, a reaction, a lot of smiles. He said, but the, the new story I swapped in actually got a bunch of tears and crying and the room got really super quiet. He said, and it wasn't intended to be a super quiet, highly emotional moment, but it turned out to be. He said, and so it, what turned into like an awkward experience for me on stage actually has put me To where I know, hey, I actually have my stories in the wrong order. And for me, hearing that as John Cook, I kind of went, oh, that's interesting. And in my mind, I'm going, that's not just these stories. There's something behind the stories that's activating a response that we need to identify what that activator is
0: yeah yeah which i love the aspect to put that into a you know hypnosis context for a moment we often talk about layers of suggestibility how someone can accept one set of suggestions to the next one that if if this series has accomplished that more likely means this one can accomplish did you find that there's a specific formula to it a specific
1: sequencing or how would you define that (laughs) Well, when we think about the brain, we think about how the brain is wired for influence, we also know that we are not just biological beings, but we are chemical beings. And when we understand what are the main brain chemicals and how they are activated and even enhanced by certain stories, phrases, um, settings, and even specific words, how that can activate When I think about how our brain has essentially four main brain chemicals, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And what it started for me is it started this journey of identifying. You talk about the layers of suggestibility. We think about what does wealth suggest? Well, wealth suggests this idea or this sense of fulfillment, dopamine, as we would understand that, but beyond wealth, what are some other words, phrases, settings, pictures, whatever that can activate that dopamine? of course we know about you know Simon Sinek talks about his we give social media to teenagers and their brains are not developed enough to be able to to appropriately handle the effects of dopamine from a social media context well for us as adults largely i would say we Our brains are developed enough, but our awareness is not developed enough to understand exactly what a phone vibrating or an email alert or that text message sound. That's all activating in dopamine. And we know this, but cognitively, we don't connect that to the awareness of what that alert is doing inside our brain and sense of of fulfillment chemically.
0: And because this is going to set the stage for uh, everything we're about to chat about, let's kind of walk through the basics of this brain brain chemistry. So from your perspective, from your definitions, how
1: would you introduce dopamine? Dopamine, I would think is what is the most burning desire? What is what is the thing that you want the most out of life? Sometimes when I'm giving a talk and when I'm just starting out, I like to say, all right, who wants to talk about sex? and instantly like that's a great crowd catcher because <laughs> all of the heads in the room all, everybody's eyes come up off their conversations or off their screens whatnot if we're just starting out to talk to talk about they are locked in and that gives me a great starting point because we're not you know, we're not going to sit here and we're not going to talk about sex but the fact that that caught your attention tells me what the burning desire is of your life and that's not necessarily the the biological act of sex but it's the relational, it's chemistry of intimacy, whatever it might be, but that's tied into from a dopamine standpoint, people want that intimacy because we know that we want to belong. We know that we want to be loved and accepted for who we are right now, by somebody who is worthy of our love and acceptance. So when we think about dopamine. We also think about fame. We think about success. We think about power. We think about that sense of what is the thing that's keeping you up at night that you can't stop thinking about? What's the thing that's going to catch your attention across the room? See If somebody even mentions the word, let alone is talking about it. That is really driving into that feeling of belonging, fulfillment, dopamine is that driver. Yeah, and to look at, I mean, the
0: example of the phone vibrating or the Facebook notification, there's something about that that instant win, that instant gratification part of the mind, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when we think about dopamine, we think we think about, okay, every time that you check your email, every time that you check your social media, you see an alert, you see a notification, even if it's a notification for an app that you, it's interesting, there's amazing research that shows that even if it's a notification for a new app that you've installed that you actually have no true interest in, if it has, it automatically defaulted as a as in to show notifications, that app company or that app developer may or may not understand, likely they don't understand. But by simply enabling the notifications, it's not just being an interruption of your day, but it's actually driving the dopamine deficit that you're wanting to fulfill in your life.
0: Hang on this. I update the apps on my uh, phone here real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on then to
1: oxytocin. What's the easiest way to introduce that one? Absolutely. When oxytocin, I call that the love chemical and it's not the love as as for like a relational or intimacy, but it's essentially us being a part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's when you think of it's the chemical of, of protests and manifestos and uh, declarations of independence. It's a, it's the driving drumbeat of a crowd or a groundswell saying, what can we do together? that's bigger than what I think I can do by myself. There's very much, when we think of oxytocin, oxytocin is the main chemical that's released during childbirth. And it creates, an, starts to create an instant connection, especially if the mother starts nursing, it creates an instant bond connection between the baby and the mother. And they, they say that, you know, nothing's stronger than a mother's love. And chemically speaking, because of oxytocin, that's absolutely true.
0: Well, there's something about, you know, that aspect of connection, being a part of something bigger than them that, I'm trying to remember where it was. It was a marketing convention I went to about five years ago and they were working on an event of all things for people kind of in the the prepper community which is that the world is going to end so let's put a bunch of stuff in our basement sure and the the concern was well we'd like to do a convention for these people and the thought was no wait these are the people who want to dig a hole underneath their house 100 feet down in case something happens they're not going to come to a convention and to find out that was a community that was ravenous for a convention so to look at you know how now, I'm pl- placing this into a business context. Mm-hmm. Their testimonial is up there just like everyone else's. Their story is a part of everyone else's. They're now graduating into something where now, look what we've done together. So, very much a powerful, powerful entity to bring
1: into the marketing dialogue. And when we think about, I mean, just on your point there, and that's a great, great point with the, the prepper community is going something that may not even seem that it would be a crowd that would be interested in this. Like, "Hell, oh, introverts unite tomorrow. Um, well, <laughs> or procrastinators unite tomorrow, but introverts unite in your own corner of the world. When we think about innately, whether you're an introvert, extrovert, ambivert, whether you are have different philosophy or religious or whatever your convictions or, or beliefs or, or values may be, innately, we all want to know that we're not alone. And how that translates into an oxytocin standpoint is knowing I want to know that there's somebody else in this cause or this battle or this movement that believes as much as I do. And what can we actually create in the world around us for the world that we all want to experience tomorrow? Awesome. Awesome. So let's move on to serotonin, if you enjoy that one. Yeah. Great question. When I think about the serotonin, uh, I live in Denver, Colorado, and we have over 300 days of sunshine. And so when I think of serotonin, whenever the sun's out, it is not amazing what a 10 minute walk on a sunny day can do for just your outlook, your your mindset, for any number of things. And what it does is that, that sunshine actually activates and enhances serotonin levels. So if the sun's out, then your serotonin levels are up and you actually feel happier, more optimistic. You actually have, there is a measured trackable difference that the serotonin activation can have inside your brain and inside the rest of your physiological being that can be traced back to that 10-minute walk actually improved your productivity for the day, which actually improved your business. But when we think about, OK, this, the clouds are out, it actually causes a serotonin deficit. And serotonin deficit is one of the leading causes or contributors to depression in the world because many people who live in, in a overcast, often overcast climate relocating to a more of a sunny climate can actually have a profound effect even on your life expectancy Mm -hmm. beyond any of your self-inflicted decisions so in this situation we think about serotonin it's actually the brain chemical happiness nancy duarte gives a great ted talk where she talks about comparing some of the great speeches and great talks of the world thinking about they didn't just frame it as what we want to see but it's, it's defining what is life like right now what is our current situation and then what imagine being able to have this new reality, but that's not the case right now. So what do we need to do from the right now to get it to our ideal or our imagined reality? You think about Dr. Martin Luther King's speech about I have a dream. He didn't just say I have a dream and here's what's going to be in the future. But he says, but that's not the world that we're in right now. So that's that's serotonin is thinking what is the imagine the way things could be not just the way they are today. Which is beautiful,
0: because so often, you know, whether it's someone coming to your work, and here's this business Mm -hmm. that they want to build, here's this message that they want to share, here's someone coming into a hypnosis office. And very clearly, here is that defined goal that they'd like to achieve, but they're not yet able to achieve it yet, on their own. So to recognize that this is a conversation where we're going to be wanting to activate that serotonin response, because that's moving towards that, that's moving that energy towards that desired outcome.
1: Correct, and when we think, you know, with with before we jump into the fourth brain chemical, I think to really hold on to this, why is somebody coming into a hypnotist's office? Because there is this driving desire. This is the, there's this dopamine deficit that they believe that you are the best person in the world that can help them experience what they truly are wanting out of life. And then you being able to position yourself through the serotonin aspect saying, imagine being able to stop biting your nails or imagine being able to have the confidence and poise to be able to close that sale, or be a better closer for sales meetings, whatever it might be, being able to position you as essentially the golden ticket giver for what they could have the better tomorrow.
0: It's wonkalicious. Fantastic. So, (laughs) and on that one, let's wrap it up with endorphins, because again, just to give a preview, what if there was a way we could shift our words? What if there was a way to have a bit of a menu in terms of specific phrases and dialogue statements that actually can activate the chemistry and it's backed up by science? Stick around. This is where we're about to go. But John,
1: give us the rest of the foundation with endorphins. Absolutely. So when people think of endorphins, usually one of the first things that come to mind is, oh, adrenaline junkies, you're jumping out of airplanes, you're cliff diving, you're swimming with sharks in cages, because that's sane. <laughs> it's it's. There's this misunderstanding, though, and I i had a 15-minute conversation. was supposed to be a 15-minute conversation turned into a two-and-a-half-hour conversation with one of the top neuroscience professors in, in the University of California you know, ecosystem, as it were. And as we were talking through this, I had some kind of initial ideas. And I said, but I think this is really what it is. It's Endorphins is not adrenaline junkies. It's not jumping out airplane, airplanes or swimming with sharks or whatnot. It's this heroic feeling. And it was an amazing conversation that I was able to have with this professor, amazing professor, and being able to walk through that and and come to the realization that, that he essentially reaffirmed what I believe to be true after hundreds and hundreds, actually thousands and thousands of hours of research, is going The endorphins is more about what is activating in us that heroic action for the benefit of someone else. And an easy mm-hmm. example of that would say superheroes and you know in my own office there's there's a, an amazing painting that i have of of iron man and you might have your own favorite superheroes or people that you know that are putting themselves on the line we'll use superheroes as an example because we think about superheroes they're known for using their superpowers for the good of somebody else and the stakes are not usually hey can you help me get across town because i'm going to miss that that you know barber appointment no it's hey if you don't do this new york's going to be destroyed or the world's gonna end. They're, the stakes are really high. And when I think about, from a superhero standpoint, from endorphins, the people that I actually see who really represent so much of the endorphin po- uh, potential and possibility is the people that I would say are the first responders and military personnel. I think about firefighters, police officers, EMTs, think about uh, Coast Guard, Army, Navy, the Marines, the I mean, the Air Force, these tremendous men and women who put so much on the line on a daily basis. and we think about endorphins, they're not just traveling overseas to travel overseas. It's not, they're taking a trip to Afghanistan just to see the sites. They're going over there because they're risking so much for the benefit of somebody else. When we think about the endorphin standpoint, how we activate that inside of our audience is saying, what is something I'm willing to risk? My reputation, my stage presence, my financial status, whatnot, because I believe so much in this being a benefit to you. And for hypnotists, when we think about from a hypnotist standpoint, there's so much misunderstanding. There are so many different, no, I'm going to, you know, don't look into my eyes. I'm going to make you, you know, start barking like a dog. Now there's, there, there might be some cases in that, but in some sense (laughs) being, able. I mean, we, we will not confirm or deny, but in some sense being able to come and say, I'm willing to show you a better way, a different way. I'm willing to tell you what everything you've heard about hypnosis in the past is wrong. Stick with me and we're going to work you through this. That's actually putting in an endorphin type because it says, I'm willing to tell you that everybody else in your life is wrong. I think about, okay, you can keep listening to your cardiologist and die of a heart attack, or you can listen to me and I can save your life. Are you interested?
0: I'm just connecting to the brilliance of just a simple pattern interrupt to look at, you know, in the marketing world, we're always selling the next step in our communication. So if I'm putting up a video online, you know, the name of the video has to sell the next step. So someone moves forward, maybe there's a bit of dopamine involved in that. And here comes that opening statement of the sentence where I'm now on camera, and I say something that's perva- perhaps a little surprising or grabs their attention. Let's use the example of stopping smoking. It's time for you to throw those cigarettes away, where it kind of sparks out as its own separate statement. And that becomes that pattern interrupt to actually give someone a reason to keep watching the rest of that video. And to look at that from that endorphin release that I, I flash to... Uh, the author Sally Hogshead, her book is fascinating. I reference her in the Work Smart Business book with the catchphrase that different is better than better. That to have something that stands out as different grabs that attention, gets that initial foot in the door. then of course, it's up to the rest of our skills and strategies to actually then deliver what we promised. So there's the there's our foundation of the brain chemistry. And John, I'll let you do the transition to intro the research that you did.
1: Absolutely. So after connecting with that speaker and essentially having this premise of saying, uh, based on what, what he was sharing with me and saying, but how is a human brain wired for success, storytelling, satisfaction? And how is our brain wired then to connect that with product services that we believe can help fulfill that desired chemical reaction? and all that is articulating more than we probably you know are happening in in a millisecond between the synapses of the brain and the myelin and all these different neural pathways it's starting me on a pathway to to is about two and a half years i invested tens and tens of thousands of dollars and thousands and thousands of hours to put together about 425 430 different words and phrases saying okay let's put about 100 words and phrases per each of these brain chemicals dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins and let's test this out let's just kind of let's turn this into a little bit of a lab as it were and and do a little bit of a split testing. So what I did is I spent, like I said, thousands and thousands of dollars split testing these different words and phrases and narrowing it down saying, these are 100 words and phrases, 25 per brain chemical that I have found to be the most effective at activating that desired chemical reaction that then we ethically, and the key is ethically, ethically making the connection with our products and services that we know are proven to get them the results they're looking for off that desired connection. So, walk me through what that actually looked like. What was the actual uh, study? So, the actual study is essentially through, it was through Facebook ads, it was through some Google ads, through some LinkedIn, and it was also through different social media and also sales copy. I, I you know, right as I was starting into this, I kind of had my first initial batch of of research. I was looking at this, and I was talking. And I was introduced to a guy that was he runs a coaching firm, an internationally recognized coaching firm, it's a nine-figure coaching firm. I don't have the uh, permission to share the name of it, but that's that's okay. That does coaching for financial advisors. And so as we we're talking to him, he said, hey, we had just connected at a, at a business event similar to what J- where Jason and I connected. And he said, can you write the sales copy? We just, can you rewrite kind of the main sales page here for this membership? Uh, that we do, it's a monthly membership and we'd like to we'd launch it. And we're not getting that great results. We're getting pretty good, but I feel like we could get better. And so I rewrote the top 20% of it, kept everything else the same, rewrote the top 20% in like 10, 15 minutes, based on what I knew from the brain chemistry and on these hundred words and phrases. We launched it, out, said, like, just try this out. Just try these top 20%. Didn't even want to rewrite the whole thing. Just try, top 20%. We beat their results by over 22%. <laughs> And when we look at how this is folded out across, we've used this to help people articulate from a Facebook ad standpoint using this research. I said, "Okay, now let's start to put this into practice. And I actually put together a resource, 100 words and phrases guaranteed to strengthen your message as a thought leader. I put that together as a resource that I have people sign up for. It. Name, email address, i send it over to you. No, I'm not going to spam you. No, I'm not going to send you you know this these sales persuasions or whatnot. But it's saying, here's a checklist that I know can help activate and strengthen your message. And we have over 83% of people who go to that page through through paid traffic, over 83% convert into that page.
0: Nice, nice. I want to get into the specifics of the study though. Were you actually hooking up
1: brain monitors or how did, how were you actually identifying these words do that? Yeah, a great question. So how I, Looked, hooked it up i don't have any any cat scan machines or any of the brain science uh, studying aspects but there is a there is a guy that i've been connected with dan russell with vivid labs and he and i've started kind of nerd out out on this a little bit and so we started <laughs> to together some initial research so we're not quite ready to just share just yet about if we can show you pictures if we can show you let's say you, that you want to propose to your your girlfriend and saying okay what are the here are. Fifteen different stone settings, and you think you have a pretty good idea of what you want. Essentially, we'll show her pictures of women who have who have this type of stone. It's kind of a close up, and they have that stone on their hand, whatnot. And we we basically almost fade out her face a little bit, but we show the ring setting. Then we can scan and essentially say, "Here are the top three pictures where your girlfriend's going to be fiancé's face lit up," and these this is the one where her brain lips most i would recommend this setting and this stone and this cut for your engagement that's kind of just one very you know minor example but essentially let's say if you were to fold this out over a larger marketing campaign and talking about the color of the car or the the positioning of the the body pump powder or what whatever it might be like a whey protein power or whatever whatever it might be essentially saying if we can have your ideal prospect be hooked up to a brain scan and then being able to share picture after picture after picture and embedding in certain pictures in there of the product that we want them to connect with, saying, as we see that product in different settings, how do they then with their brain chemically react, even if they do not cognitively understand that that's the picture that they love the most? They say, well, I'm, if we were to ask them afterwards, hey, we showed you 10 pictures, which one's jumped out to you? And they say, all right. You know, if, if they're in the test and they can click, hey, I like this one. If Well, you said you liked pictures three, seven, and eight, but your brain actually loved pictures three, four, and nine more than anything else. So we, we three might be the one that we start with, but let's also explore four and nine, because you said you like seven or, and eight. Was that nurtured, or was that the chemistry nature of your brain?
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think back at the term. I think it's implicit learning, where the unconscious mind will show signs of learning before we actually start to exhibit it consciously, if you've come across that.
1: Yeah, whether it's implied or whether it's how we would innately say, this is what I really want when I'm. We think about, oh, I just become a, a nice person when I'm tired or when I'm stressed or whatnot. Well, actually, you become your rawest form of yourself, and that's actually when you're the most honest with yourself. So we think about how our our behavior actually mirrors our innate behavior that we want to. Express that we want to have it embodied in the world around us, saying, Well, I always get just so upset when coffee's taking too long at Starbucks. Okay. Are you upset or are you understand that there's something out of life that you're not getting and you happen to be in Starbucks at that time? <laughs> it has nothing to do with coffee, that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, the number of times people come into the office. And
0: here's the reason why I'm stressed about this. Like, well, it's it's something you're exhibiting <laughs> everywhere. So, and I want to make sure that people don't miss this. And we're going to give uh, the specific link in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. But John's put together a hundred words and phrases guaranteed to strengthen your message as a thought leader resource. Where should they go to get that?
1: Absolutely. They can go to keynotecontent.clickfunnels.com slash 100, just the number 100. Use the 100 for that. And again, we'll have the link in the show notes, but that's where you can go. No, I will not charge you. You just give me your first name, your best email address, and then you hit send from there. And I'll get that over to you. We can talk through. If you have follow up from there, great. Reach out. We can connect for a call and just see how this can help really accelerate your message with an ethical product or service that you believe in. And that's the key point ethical
0: which the thing that I I love about this and why I invited you on here is that when we often have, you know, the old phrase in the marketing world of the swipe file, that even as I've moved into my new office now and mostly set up most of the stuff now up on the walls, but here came this, uh, I've got all the furniture I need, yet still, I'm on the mailing list now for Aaron's rental furniture. And before it went through the shredder, I was looking at it and going, huh, interesting layout of the thing. And, you know, interesting kind of a weak headline. And no, I don't want this. But the way that we often can have that resource to be able to dip into and pull some of these words out. So let's let's chat for a few moments. If you got the time here, what are some of those words and phrases that we can start to implement into our copy into our writing into our presentations to excite that dopamine
1: release? Yeah. And so inside the checklist, you know, let's say we'll pull from dopamine first, of course, and, and, and before we jump into that, it's saying yeah. people saying, well, gosh, how am I going to remember all of these, you know, these four brain chemicals and the way that they all work? I think about dose, the acronym dose D for dopamine, O for oxytocin, S for serotonin, E for endorphins. So when I think about my content to answer your question, going, on, what's the right dose of content? Or what's the right dose of connection that I can give right now to help my audience see that I'm somebody who understands them and wants to get? the best life possible for them in the future so when i think about dopamine i think about success fame power purpose fulfillment rest even because so much of life is go 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 especially in this 24 7 we're constantly on world saying thinking a word like rest actually ties in so much because how much of us are sleep deprived especially if you have kids (laughs) so those are words from from a dopamine standpoint for oxytocin i think of words like belonging community interesting the word circle performed extremely well and we think well why would we think of circle and some ideas might already come to mind from a hypnosis standpoint but yes you're correct the word circle is tied in with circle of friends and trusted circle and circle of advisors so you're already correct in that regard which Jason I think you can appreciate what I just did there yeah. <laughs> and serotonin from a from words like joy and uh, peace and beyond that it's thinking about happiness and thinking about words that uh, words that surprise me from a, from a serotonin standpoint it's a word of ending and we think why would ending be a popular term because ending is often tied to an arrival point that you've been wanting to get to for so long it's just interesting how that performs so well but then endorphins i think about risk i think about reward i think about well, of course hero performed very well saying wouldn't you want to be seen as the superhero of your crowd of course you would that's why you're still listening to this then what would it take for you to position yourself as the heroic person that also people can relate to? And and in some sense, what is we're positioning yourself as heroic without putting yourself as the answer, the spotlight. You happen to be there to save the day for the crowd that's been looking for you.
0: What I love about resources like this is to be able to look at, first of all, starting with the client journey or the student journey or whoever may be purchasing our products or services and it's to recognize that there's a journey that they're on. There are certain barriers that have been there. So I'm looking at, I hadn't really considered that endorphin uh, side of this until you know I first connected with you, to see that, well, there's a reason they're calling a hypnotist in the first place, that they've probably done a little bit of everything else, and they're looking for that out-of-the-box methodology that's a little bit different than what they've assumed. Now, from our side of things, you know, I I always look at the example of stopping smoking that quote, the conventional methods of quitting smoking, a simple Google search shows you how ineffective the nicotine replacement therapies are. So Mm -hmm. they're already looking for something different, and then to feed our language into that. And to have these resources of here are some of the words and phrases that often put that together. So just kind of rewind out of this for a moment. Let's say you're sitting down with a new client. Let's say you're sitting down to even write something for your own
1: business. John, where do you usually start that thought process? I usually start with the dopamine because that's the strongest chemical that our body can handle. Any other, whether it's, you know, any other number of contexts or situations, dopamine will always show up as the most potent chemical inside our body. And what does that mean? Is that that is the driving factor for so much of our behavior. That's why swipe left, swipe right. Even if you've never been on Tinder, you automatically know what that means. And you know, I've never been on Tinder. I'm, I was married before Tinder came out, and that's probably a great thing. But when we think about dopamine, saying, "I love asking people." People ask, "Okay, what's keeping your audience up at night?" Or for for a hypnotist, saying, "Okay, what is keeping my clients up at night, or my guests, or my patients?" However you you know, whatever level that you're able to to relate or refer to your clientele but beyond that it's going no i think it's more than just with keeping them up at night because people would say we're in the same business as serta we're, we're helping people have a better night's sleep but i would say no we are in the same business as facebook and status because people are, are constantly wanting to update their status and of course in the facebook it's kind of a, a little bit of a silly example because facebook you're updating your everyday status but isn't that what you want to do with with hypnotists with your bank with your marriage with your job we constantly want to update the status. So, when I'm starting and I'm um, creating content for, for ourselves, like with my team, with our message, or with our clients, saying, What is the status that your audience is wanting to see ex- and experience tomorrow that you can start delivering to them today? Nice. Yeah. So, what's that next step for you then? And then from there, we say, Okay, let's, as we understand what is driving this audience, what are their motivating factors? And so, I have a bank of over 120. Different questions, it's now closer to 130. Different questions that we then curate 20 questions from, and then we curate 10 from there that we position as the top 10 questions that we want to start to interview for our audience. And when I talk about in an interview, saying essentially it's, it could be very informal, whether it's meeting with a prospective client over coffee, or whether it's a Zoom call, or whether it's more of an actual sales meeting inside their boardroom and wanting to essentially whiteboard out their next three to six months saying, What's the status that your audience wants? And what does your audience want to feel? What are they currently feeling right now, the core negative emotions, whether it's fear, whether it's failure, whether it's you know, discouragement, whatever it might be, uncomfortableness. And then from there, then how do we move that and transition that into what is the core positive emotion that you want to exchange for that core negative emotion they're experiencing right now? And usually that emotion is tied into a brain chemical. Do you find that it's one specific? Usually I found that people talk about fear, and mm-hmm. but I found that fear, just like anger, fear is a is largely i've found to be a secondary emotion and people might you know discuss with that they might say well you're ridiculous why would fear be a secondary emotion i just feel fear no fear is tied into loss or tied into a uh, it's not necessarily even let me back up it's technically not even i would say a secondary emotion but i would say it's a surface level expression of something that you're wanting biologically to experience or chemically want to experience so when i feel fear It's saying fear because I don't want the loss of tomorrow. Okay, I don't want to die. Okay, why do you not want to die? There's, yes, it's the loss of more Christmases or more vacations, more times on the lake, more times with my kids, more times with my spouse, whatever it might be. So it's tied into that. Fear is tied into something else. It's rarely ever fear for the sake of fear. Then it's going, it's rarely ever pleasure or fulfillment for the the simple sake of fulfillment or pleasure. So let's take you know, back to the intimacy example. Do you want sex just to have sex? Yeah, it feels great. But do you want sex because you know it's with somebody that will value for who you truly are? That's what keeps you going. And what I love
0: about this is that there's so many people in any helping profession, whether they're hypnotists, whether they're massage therapists, counselors, whatever it may be who again, kind of look at the business side of things and go, oh no, no, that's not for me. I'm more interested in helping my clients. And to hear someone like John talk through the details of this where we're really connecting with, well, what are their core emotions? What are those drivers that are inside of them? How can we help them shift those emotions in advance? How can we how, how can we actually get them that small win? And I'm curious to ask you this because this pops up from time to time as I talk with students. John, do you enjoy being
1: sold to? No, I don't okay. <laughs> being sold to because well, I would say the premise of the question is is, is not quite you know quite accurate and and yes. and uh, you know this, but it's going what if the feeling of being sold to is being activated, then we're six or seven steps beyond. Like our mistake wasn't in in asking for the sale. Our mistake was made six or seven. You know, moments earlier in the conversation exactly, yeah. of saying, if I, do I truly believe that the person that I'm talking to, the salesperson or this uh, rep or this consultant, the speaker, whomever it might be, that is speaking to me and sharing a sharing message, do I truly believe intrinsically that they are a good person or that they have pure intent? And we can go into further questions and discovery about that. But it's going, no matter what somebody can present to me, whether it's, oh, I have this case study, okay, they can start to be on, the, on one side of the brain, it's the, it's the logical side. Well, then, what about the emotional side, or the relational side? And so, when somebody is sitting in a conference, or they're sitting in a boardroom, or they're sitting on a on a Zoom call, or across the table at Starbucks, when somebody's wanting to talk to them about, you know, the product or service or coaching, or whatever it might be, it's saying starting with the intrinsic belief: Do I feel safe with this person? Mm-hmm. And that comes back to the you know the evolution of amygdala, the fight or flight. It's going: Do I feel safe with this person? Do I trust this person? Does this person have good intent with me? And then from there, continue the conversation because largely that has already been activated in you. Whether you're talking with that salesperson and they, they continually start, you know, keep using, well, Jason, I'm glad that you're here. And Jason, we have great do- new deals. And Jason, you mentioned that you wanted <laughs> this mattress. He goes, I, I largely feel like I'm being set up because you don't need to keep repeating my name unless it's some sort of embedding technique for saying, are you ready to sign Jason? Yeah.
0: But to rewind back when it's done properly and you already know you want it before it's even here's the pricing, here's the timing. And, you know, to to, to take that step back and see that this was done exceptionally well because I can tell this person cares, this person's
1: passionate about my results. That's where we really enjoy it. Absolutely, and when when I was starting to share this checklist with people, um, it was a couple of interesting people. Of course, there are always the Facebook trolls that are commenting on ads, and one lady, she sent a, a direct message, which was rather a litany of accusations and assumptions, and uh, and also plenty of red herrings and and strawman arguments. I'm going, this is, let's not get into this, but from there taking in and essentially her gist was saying why do i need this checklist why can't i just share my story my and whoever wants to connect with me will connect with me okay that's great but that's with the belief or the assumption that you have it within you to articulate what really matters the most to your audience because as it share as she positioned it her simply sharing her story and it will connect with whoever wants to connect with it that seems very selfish because you're just sharing your story without truly caring about what does your audience want to hear from you first, that you can say, I'm the right person to articulate this.
0: Is there a story that comes to mind where just changing one or two words for you really changed the results?
1: For me, I would say it's, when somebody talks about their, let's take the financial planner as as a standpoint, changing it from saying, I wanna be served as a person, not an account, changing person, I want to be served as who i am not who what my account says about me it's simple shifts of that point saying why would i change from person to who i am because that comes back to dopamine we want to know that we matter oxytocin says we want to know that we have a place to belong as serotonin says i want to know that what matters to me also matters to somebody else and by changing from person to who i am It activates the saying, I want people to accept me for who I am instead of accepting me as a person. I've already accepted myself as a person, but a person starts to to distance yourself from the relational side of things. So by changing from person to who I I am, gives a sense of this is a headline that connects and saying they're caring about me as who I am. It takes the person side, it assumes the person. But it gives them an understanding of here is what i want to give to the world and they see me as mark or they see me as jessica or whoever you are mm-hmm. being able to position yourself as who i am in the eyes of my financial advisor not just who they see me on a the outside well he's got brown hair she, you know she wears glasses they have three kids it's going positioning yourself a person into a who i am actually activates more of the dopamine
0: Yeah. And I love that. I mean, moving from the dissociated disconnected instead to the internalized associated state that now it's going in and it's putting it in their language, which is getting that win because they're not going, I want to be recognized as a person, which is how no one talks. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yeah, which yeah, we'll link over in the show notes, which actually I'll make this easy on everybody. If you head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash keynote content keynote as in the thing you would give on a stage content as in the stuff you would put into the keynote, that'll actually redirect over to the show notes where you get the direct access link to get this outstanding resource from john. Hey, john, it's good to reconnect with you and have you
1: on here. Absolutely! Thank you so much for the the gift of being able to be on and share and kind of geek out a little bit. <laughs> it's not very often that uh, that I get to to share this research in a, in a form where many people say, "I get it, I understand this." This is also incredibly interesting to us.
0: Well, it's amazing because we're in this great renaissance in the hypnosis community nowadays of going. Well, here's what specific chemistry is being fired off by these series of techniques, and even in some schools of thought, to look at a book. Keeping the Brain in Mind by Sean Carson and Melissa Tears is one, where you're actually explaining to the client along the way, here's what this technique is doing, here's what it's doing in your mind, here's how it's interrupting this frequency, here's how it's now exciting this chemistry, and let's do it again, which is part of the presentation of it. So I'd kind of leave it to you. Any,
1: Any final words to share with our audience here? When we think about our message, when we think about the way that people want to connect with us, whether it's hypnotists, whether it's sales professionals, whether it's even parents and partners and and neighbors and friends saying, we all want something intrinsic out of life that we may not realize we want right now. And so when we think about our messaging, when we think about the words that we send, the texts that we connect with, the way in which we think about the people we connect with saying, what do they want the most out of life that they don't know, or they may not realize that they want? And how can I help them discover and be aware of that desire? and let's find the answer together. Jason Lynette here once again,
0: and as always, thank you so much for leaving your reviews online, sharing your feedback, and putting this content to use. So again, head over to that free resource attached to this episode, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash keynote content. That'll link you over to grab that resource that John and I spoke about. Reach out to John, say hello to him. He's an awesome, awesome guy. And while you're online too, of course, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, the all-access pass to your Hypno business training library. I'm Jason Lynette. Look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.